no hands. All right. That's good. Perhaps by the time I get to the middle of the message and I ask that question, hands will go up. Isaiah 42, verses 6 and 7. Our subject is, who is that strong man? The Bible says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles. Verse 7, to open the blind eyes. To bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. This again is another statement about the mission of the servant of God mentioned in Isaiah 42, Isaiah 61, Isaiah 9. One of the missions of Jesus was to bring out the prisoners out of the prison house. Isaiah 42 verse 7. There are people in prison who can only be released by Jesus Christ. Let us identify these prisoners and what this prison is. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. We shall read from verse 12. Isaiah 14 verse 12. Are you being quiet this morning? If you are, say amen. amen. Alright, if you see someone talking... Just do, don't hit the person, just no, 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 no. If you're an adult, there's a child next to you talking, just say, Jesus did not talk in church. And that's all. What book did I say? What chapter? What verse? The Bible says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now we are familiar with these self-centered ambitions of Lucifer. He wanted to be like God. Now verse 15 tells us, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now verse 16 is interesting. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? My beloved brothers and sisters, there is coming a day when saved and lost will see Lucifer eye to eye. And when we see him saved and lost, especially the saved, we will say, is this the creature that terrorized the world for 6,000 years? The Bible predicts it. Verse 16, Isaiah 14. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms. Now listen to verse 17. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house. Finish it. Of his prisoners. Mm. We learn something about Lucifer, Satan. Satan has prisoners in a prison. I'm glad you did not say amen. Let me say that again. 
My beloved brothers and sisters, this is serious because there may be some people listening to me who are in Satan's prison. The devil has people in prison. And he refuses absolutely to let them out. And so Isaiah 14 verse 70 says that opened not the house of his prisoners. Now if the devil will not open the house of his prisoners and Jesus came to bring the prisoners out of the prison house. Isaiah 42 verse 7. Then someone, something, at some point there has to be a confrontation between Christ and Satan to release the prisoners from the prison house. We still have to identify who are these prisoners that the devil will not open and allow to leave. We have three choices. The angels in heaven, the angels that fell, or the inhabitants of the earth. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 12 and see if the angels in heaven qualify as the prisoners of Satan. Revelation 12, reading from verse 7. As we continue, who is that strong man? It's 12.30. If the Lord wills, I should be done by one. Revelation 12, reading from verse 7, the Bible says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. Now you finish that verse. And his angels were cast out with him. Now there was a battle. Christ had his angels. The dragon had his angels. The dragon, of course, referring to Satan. Now this actually happened if you accept God's word. Now we don't know how far back it happened. Lucifer was a perfect angel. Somehow, mysteriously, sin began in him. Ezekiel 28 verse 15 says, Thou was perfect in all thy ways in the day that thou was created until iniquity was found in thee. How sin began in the devil, the Bible does not explain. But it began. Lucifer allowed sin to take hold of his mind. He deceived the angels. He led a rebellion against God. And however God did it, Jesus Christ at the head of the heavenly armies, they drove Lucifer out. So what we have now, Christ and his victorious angels, Lucifer, Revelation 12, 9, was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Now, the army that wins is not the army that is taken prisoners. Are you with me? If you are victorious, you are not prisoners, you take prisoners. The unfallen angels are not the prisoners that Satan has in prison. They are with Christ. They are safe. They did not follow Satan. Let's go to the second choice. What about the fallen angels? Are they the ones that Satan has in prison? As we continue, who is that strong man? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2 and we shall read verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 4. Who is that strong man? Do you have 2 Peter? Verse 4. Now in chapter 2, Peter is talking about false teachers and what God will do to them. And Peter is saying, look, if God destroyed the angels, if God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, if God sent a flood and destroyed the whole world, he will also destroy these false teachers. 
So Peter says in verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 2, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment. Now let's look at that verse now. Who cast them down? God. Deliver them into what? Chains of darkness to be reserved. What does the word reserve mean? Set aside. Put aside. We have prison language in verse 4. God cast them down out of the society of heaven. He delivered them into chains. What do chains represent? Bondage. Chains of darkness. To be reserved. Reserved meaning set aside unto judgment. Now the fallen angels are God's prisoners. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? God has set them aside for one thing and one thing only, and that is destruction. The Bible tells us in Matthew 25 verse 41, hell was prepared for whom? The devil and his angels. Any angels of the devil here this morning? All those going to heaven when Jesus comes, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to heaven, where else are you going? This is serious business. God has already prepared the place of execution. You know, you watch these old western movies, and when the outlaw is caught, you can see the townspeople building the, 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 the gallows so that he can swing against his will. Well, God already has his gallows prepared for two Groups. One group is one man, the devil, the other group, his angels. Now, will there be a third group in hell? Yes. What's that third group called? People. Now, I am digressing slightly. I'm coming back to Second Peter 2.4. Who are the devil's prisoners? But I need to get this in. Matthew 25.41 says... Hell, the last part of that verse, hell was prepared. Hell is deliberate. Are you with me? In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, the Bible says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained or prepared. Hell is a deliberate preparation of God to deal with the devil and his angels. Now, we know that there will be human beings in hell. Now, if a human being ends up in hell and gets the same punishment as the devil, the same punishment as the wicked angels, then a human being who opposes God is no different from a demon. When you're fighting God's work, always causing trouble, will not allow the love of Jesus Christ to control your heart. You are no different from a demon. Because the same mind in the demon is the mind in me if I'm always opposing the work of God. Because God gives me the same punishment. How many demons are in this church?
Let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. This is very serious. Because there are demons in churches. They don't look like demons. They wear suits. <laughs> and nice dresses. Six-inch heels. And designer clothes from whomever. Demons. And their business is to do one thing. Keep the church confused. And Christ's mission is to drive them out. You know, the Adventist church, we spend a lot of time trying to win people to Christ. We need to get rid of some. Somebody say amen. amen. We, there's some we need to get rid of. Because there are no blessing to the church, no benefit to the church. They demonstrate no desire to cooperate with Jesus Christ. We ought to get rid of some people, but discipline has vanished from the Seventh-day Adventist church. Can't disfellowship anyone, so everyone is allowed demon and saint. The fallen angels are the prisoners of Jesus Christ, reserved unto judgment. Let's go to Jude, verse 6. Jude is the book just before Revelation. What can you tell me about Jude? He was the brother of Jesus Christ, yes. There's another brother of Jesus Christ who wrote a book in the Bible. What's his name? James, that's right. Isn't it nice to have brothers who are so godly? Are your brothers godly? Are your sisters godly? Is your family godly? God bless you if you come from a godly family. Jesus' brothers did not believe in him at first, if you read John 7, 5. But because of Jesus' life, he remained consistent to his father, and the power of his life converted his family. If your family is against you, you stay faithful. Are you listening to me? Stay faithful. Take the persecution. Take the harassment. Take all that they hand to you. Remain faithful and God may use you to convert that family that now persecutes you for being faithful to God. Jude 6. Just has one chapter, verse 6. And the angels which kept not the first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in what? Everlasting chains under darkness. He hath reserved under everlasting chains under darkness. Here again, chains representing bondage, someone in prison. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. It's 20 minutes to 1. Revelation 20, reading from verse 1. The Bible says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and what in his hand? A great chain, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and did what? Bound him a thousand years with that chain. Chain suggests you are bound, you are imprisoned, nothing you can do. Go to verse 7 of Revelation 20. What does it say? And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed from where? Aye. You see, God has a prison for Satan. You see, Satan has a prison for, God's, for people for whom God died, which is the whole world. Not the whole world is in prison, but all those in Satan's prison are those for whom Jesus died. Satan has people in prison. Not the fallen angels, they are God's prisoners. Not the good angels, they are God's gems. 
Not the saved, they have been delivered by the power of Jesus Christ, but there are millions and millions of human beings for whom Jesus shed his blood who are in prison. And the devil is the warden. Many of them are in church. Because not every church member is converted. Eloi says, a converted person hates the things he used to love and loves the things he used to hate. It, it's not difficult to detect a converted person. A converted person loves the things of Christ. A converted person, the heart begins to bubble with love. The person does not know everything. The person makes mistakes. But it's not so much the mistake, but the heart behind the mistake. That's why we're told in Christ Object Lessons, Praise 316, every action is judged by the motive. A converted person has the right motive. Even though he or she makes a mistake, as that person learns about Jesus Christ, you stumble, you fall, it does not undo your conversion, it just means you have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not every church member is converted. I pray from my heart that every person listening to me, including myself, listening to myself, that we are converted. The people in prison are those for whom Jesus shed his blood. And Jesus has come to break them out. Come on, say amen. He has come to release them because he is dealing with a power with which he cannot reason. The devil's penal system has no parole. The devil's penal system has no probation. When the devil puts you in one of the cells in his prison, one of his cells is drug addiction. And the people in that cell lead miserable lives. The only food they get three times a day is drugs. They get no visitation, no sunlight. It's a dark world. And they have ropes hanging from the, from the roof to encourage them to put an end to their misery. That's how the prisoners in that cell are treated. Jesus came to say, look, listen, all you've got to do, cry out to me. And I will kick down that door. And let you out. Cry. That's why I came. Cry out to me. You are trapped. You are in prison. You can't break that drug habit. I will help you to break it. Cry to me. You are a sex addict. That's another cell. Devil's prison. Another cell block. Always on the internet. Studying anatomy. Jesus says, look, I can deliver you from that. That's why I came. I have an antidote. Let me shoot the antidote up your veins. Reach your brain. Reach your heart. Because in the syringe is my blood and it cleanses from all stains. Let me deliver you. Cry to me. I am knocking, says Jesus. But you have to open the door. Then there's another cell block in prison. Pride. Now these people in that block, they look nice, well fed. Well dressed. And actually that door is almost ajar. But they, they don't want to get out. You know, Ellen White says the worst sin for God to deal with is pride. Not adultery. Not gambling. Not watching TV on Friday nights. It is not that any of that is good. Please don't misunderstand me. But the worst sin God has to deal with is pride. 
And there's a block. It's the largest block in the devil's prison. Several floors. Pride. And the people in there don't even know they're in prison. So they're singing. Having a nice time. Jesus tries to raise his voice above the noise of their singing. I can deliver you. It was pride that led the warden of this prison to say, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. Pride led him to say that and place him where he is. I can bring you out of the cell block of pride, out of the prison of the devil. You are trapped and you don't even know that you are a prisoner. I can let you out. That's what I, Jesus Christ, came to do. Some people, there's another block. Short temple. This short. Can you see any space? Slightest thing. Ready to fight. Ready to draw a gun. Ready to go by brick. Baseball bat. Ready to join all the others in graveyards who could not control their tempers. And Jesus says, look, listen. I didn't die for you to behave like this. I can transform you. I can deliver you. I can free you from the imprisonment of your short temper. Cry to me. Call me. I am knocking, but I need your permission to come on in. That's why Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come. Jesus delivers by invitation. The devil needs no invitation. He comes. There are people in prison. There's another block. It's called stinginess. Church can't do anything. No one will give money. Because we have other objects on which to lavish God's money. Which he entrusted to our care. And so the church can't have a crusade. No money. Can't build a place to feed the poor. No money. Can't sponsor some child's church school, which is so expensive. No money. Can't help the poor in the church. No money. Where is the money? It's spent on things. And we gather these things like Lot's wife, waiting for the fires of Sodom in the last days to destroy them. The cell block of selfishness. Then there's a cell block called troublemaking. <laughs> that one's crowded too. Lots of strong people in there. Muscular, fit. Oh, they can cause trouble. Every church has some. And the churches will be better off without them except they're converting. Jesus comes to them. And he says, I have come to release you from your prison. Whatever the prison is, which is my bad habit or yours. You see, there are different degrees of imprisonment. A persistent bad habit is a form of imprisonment because you cannot take that to heaven. And Jesus Christ says in Matthew 12, verse 29, Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods Except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. Jesus is saying, look, if you want to break into the house of someone who's strong, you better be able to tie him up first. 
Many thieves, they walk into houses, if they suspect there's someone there, they try to find the people, tie them up, shoot them, do whatever they do, and then they steal. You can't be in a house stealing while the owner is loading his shotgun. You don't do that. You, 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 you secure the owner. You watch these prison shows on television, these cop shows, the policeman comes, even sometimes to question you, he handcuffs you for his own protection. Then he questions you. Jesus says, I can handcuff the devil and shackle him and muzzle him at your request and I will deliver you. I will deliver you. This is the message. There is no other power in the universe that can deliver you, ultimately deliver you to the degree that you are fit for a place in God's kingdom. No psychologist can make you fit for God's kingdom. Now is that a stroke against psychology? No. I am saying no psychologist can save you. No preacher can save you. This can save you. Jesus binds the devil with his word. Why do I say that? Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 10 minutes to 1. 2 Peter chapter 3. Who is that strong man? How are people bound? 2 Peter chapter 3. Reading from verse 3. Knowing this first that they shall come in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the Lord the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perish. Next verse 7. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Kept in store is the same thing as reserved. Which we read in Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4 and Jude chapter 6. The heavens, the same word that said let there be light. The same word that made the heavens and the earth is the same word that has this sinful heaven and earth locked. Locked up for coming destruction. The devil is bound by the word of God that one day he will be destroyed. And God releases us through the same powerful word. It frees, it gets into the mind, it opens the eyes. And when we accept it by faith, it releases us. And so Jesus said in, in John chapter 8, reading from verse 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. Finish it for me. And the truth shall make you free. The Jews answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be free? Jesus answered them, Who's he that committed sin is, is of the devil. He that sinneth abideth not in the house, but, but the servant abideth not forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore, verse 36, shall make you free, ye shall be free. How? Indeed, now Jesus says, because of sin, we become bonded. He that committed sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, Jesus says. But the Son, the Son sets us free. And if he sets you free, verse 36 of John 8, 
Ye shall be free indeed. Notice verse 31. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. How? Indeed, you see, there is a false sense of security. There are some people who believe, if I just come to church, I am Christ's disciple. Mm -mm. Jesus says, you've got to live by my word, then you're a disciple. Indeed. Some people believe they can be set free by this and that and that. Jesus says, no, if I set you free, then you're free. Indeed. Not just in word. Not just by hearsay and say so. In actuality, the word of God, which has the power of Jesus Christ, it sets people free. Now, listening to me this morning, maybe someone with a habit that the person has wrestled with for decades. Years. That's a form of bondage. A behavior that has marred and scarred our lives for years. That's bondage. An attitude that has hurt the church for years. That's bondage. A disposition that has made your family miserable and suffer for years. That's bondage. A state of mind that will not let you excel in your studies. That's bondage. Jesus Christ says, I have the power to bind up the evil influence that has led your life and to set you free. And he said, look, if I set you free, you're free. I believe in my heart this morning, this afternoon, that every single man, woman, boy, and girl who understood what I had to say has a desire to be free from all devilish bonds, all satanic ties, all hellish ropes and leashes. We need and we desire to be free, but many of us, we have the desire, we don't know how. The Bible is simple, we call on Jesus. Matthew twelve twenty nine. or else how can one enter into strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man. I am telling you, if you will call out to Jesus, Jesus, by his word, will bind the devil sufficiently. He can't keep him bound all the time. You must be tried. He will bind him sufficiently to allow you to escape. You know, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh, the Israelites were in bondage. And in Exodus chapter 3, reading from verse 9, God said to Moses, now therefore the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayst bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now bring them out of bondage. Bring them from under the heel of the agent of Satan that was Pharaoh. You know what Pharaoh said in Exodus chapter 5 verse 2, when Moses and Aaron spoke to him? Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey him and let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. This is satanic talk, you see. We read in Isaiah 14, 17, the devil does not let anyone go. Pharaoh says, I don't care who God is. I don't know who he is. I will not let the Israelites go. In Daniel 3, verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow the second time, I will cast you into that furnace. And who is that God that can deliver you out of my hands? 
These powers have to understand there's a power that can deliver the Israelites. There's a power that can deliver the three Hebrew boys. That power is Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 5, reading verse 1, the Bible says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel, hmm, strong angel, proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is able to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Of course, no one could be found. And John said in verse 5, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. One of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold whom? The lion of the tribe, the only person in heaven with the power to open that book. Remember, verse 2 says, No man, verse 3 says, No man in heaven or in the earth or under the earth was found who could open this book except Jesus. Where have you gone looking for help? North, south, east, west, parties, liquor, theater, fashion, shopping till you drop. Where have we gone looking for deliverance? The Bible says, when you look up, down, and under the earth, there is a man with all power in heaven and in earth that can deliver you. I was talking to a young lady this year, over in the country, I won't name, and she was trapped in a situation with a man. The man provided for her, paid for her house, gave her food, and she felt, well, she owed the man something. But the Spirit of God convicted her. She came to the crusade, heard the preaching, the week of prayer, and she, was, she came to myself and the local pastor for counsel, and we told her, look, you've got to leave. You've got to leave. She said, I can't leave. And she wasn't joking. Now, she was inaccurate, but she wasn't joking. Are you following me? I, and many people find themselves in this, I can't leave. Yes, you can. We said, no, you have to leave. You can leave. He'll follow me. I can't keep him out of the house. He's paying for it. I can't leave. You can leave. And we prayed for her. We told her, even if you sleep under a tree, you must get up. When he's not around. And walk out and leave. So I came back to the United States. A few weeks later I got an email from her. She said, Pastor, just want to update you on the situation. I have left that man. Come on church, say amen. amen. Unless you agree with that kind of behavior, say amen. amen. I have left. She says, it's difficult. He shows up on my job every day. I told her, you must be twice as persistent to do what's right as he is persistent to do what's wrong. You hold on to Jesus. When he shows up on the job, you pray. Before he shows up, you pray. Make up your mind every moment, I am not going back to that sinful situation. She wrote me again. She said, Pastor, I'm struggling. I'm holding on. Pray for me. And I pray for her. Because in her heart is a desire to be set free. This is what Jesus wants. You see, God does not respond to half-hearted invitations. Lord, if you're not busy, deliver me from drugs. 
Lord, if you have time, get me out of this situation. Lord, when I get back from vacation, see what you can do for me. Uh Uh-uh. What God wants from us is a desire to, to be free. A desire with all our heart, all our soul, all our might. When we give that to God, God responds with all his heart, all his soul, all his might in the person of Jesus Christ in whom dwelleth all the power of the Godhead bodily. All the power of God, all the power of Jesus, all the power of the Holy Ghost is in Jesus Christ. That's the man who comes to deliver you. Now how can you not be delivered if you desire? Jesus is a strong man. His strength works for those who really desire it. Do you desire release and freedom today? Listen to me carefully. There's someone here with a habit that has bothered you for years. You have cried when no one was watching. You want to break it so badly. You've had no success. The habit could be selfishness. It could be, I'm always late. It could be, I spend too much time in the mirror. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be, I'm a murderer, I'm a thief. It can be anything that damages you and me spiritually. But this thing has hurt you and trapped you and bothered you and damaged you for years. Today can be the day, victory day through Jesus Christ. Any man or woman. And I'm not talking to all of you. I can't believe the whole church has this problem. Any man or woman who will say, Lord, I am bringing in my heart privately a struggle I have had for years. I want you to set me free beginning this morning. If you will say that, I want you to raise your right hand. Stand up. Father, I am bringing to you a struggle I have had for years. I want deliverance beginning this morning. Open the prison door and let me out at my invitation and I desire it with all my heart. Jesus is a strong man. The only power that can contend with the devil. Release me, Father, from this habit that has damaged me spiritually. Beginning now, through faith in Jesus Christ, the prison of the devil is no place for those for whom Jesus Christ shed his blood. You may have children who are prisoned by the devil. You need them released. You are the mother. You are the father. You cry to God. He will hear you. You've got a spouse who is in prison for one reason or another. Some habit. You pray. And because two make one, God will hear you. You've got a relative in prison somehow. A drug addict. A thief. Hate spiritual things. In the prison of secular living, you pray and God will hear you. God is in the business of letting people go. And you're standing to say, Father, there's something for which I need deliverance and victory. Please, Lord, begin that process this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, with all my heart, 
take the words and apply them very personally to every heart that has responded to this appeal crying out for release from habits attitudes states of minds dispositions that have damaged us that we hate that we have yearned for years to be free of but have not been able to let go and today we come asking you lord to give to us the power of that strong man jesus christ that we might be set free lord this is a prayer that is according to your will because Jesus came to set the captive free. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed. One of the great prison cells in which people find themselves is indecision. The inability to make a decision. It's a prison house for many people. They just cannot or will not decide. There are some people here who need to decide to forgive someone they've hurt? You've hurt someone? You need to make up your mind this morning. I will find that person and say I am sorry. If there's such a person like that, raise your right hand. You've hurt someone and need to go apologize. God bless you. Keep your hands up. God bless you. God is rejoicing. This is spiritual cleansing. God bless you. Keep your hands up. You've hurt someone and need to go say I'm sorry. Hands up as I pray. Father, look at the hands. Dear God, in mercy register these hands. They have raised their hands to say, I need to say to someone, I am sorry. And so release me, Lord, from this prison house of indecision. Dear God, give them the very mind of Jesus, a forgiving mind. That they may make that confession and experience that freedom, I pray. And I thank you for hearing in Jesus' name. Amen. There are some also in the prison house of indecision who need to forgive those who have hurt them. Someone has hurt you. Hurt you badly. Borrowed money. Didn't pay back took away your girlfriend, insulted your children, caused you to lose your job, to lose your house, damaged your reputation in the neighborhood. Someone has hurt you. It's time to forgive. Make up your mind now. I will forgive that person. If there are people here like that, you want to forgive, raise your right hand. God bless you. Someone has hurt you. You need to forgive that person. Keep your hands up. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, this is so serious. In the name of Jesus, give power to your sons and your daughters, my brothers and sisters, who need to go and tell people, I forgive you because Jesus forgave me. Lord, grant them that power right now, I pray. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. One more appeal, two more appeals. Standing before God, all of us. There are some things in our lives right now that are sin and we know that. We need to stop. I don't care what it is. We need to stop. And if you and I will say, Lord, there are some things I have been doing. I know they are wrong. Right now, I confess that sin. Deliver me from that habit. Give me the joy of freedom in Jesus Christ. And give me the power to set it aside and do that thing no more. If you will make that commitment to Christ, raise your right hand. Something wrong that we're doing. Every hand up, every head bowed, every eye closed. Keep your hands up, Father. I am your son. I come again and I cannot come often enough. We are saying with raised hands, we're sorry for sins we have committed knowing there were sins. 
And Father, when we live like this, we put ourselves outside of your blessing. We apologize. Forgive us. We're sorry. And give us a mind that hates sin and that loves to do right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Final appeal. In the prison house of indecision, there are some people who have put off a decision to be baptized for too long. And you want to make that decision now. Or if you've already made it, you want to confirm it. I want you to raise your right hand. God bless you. Those who raise, come, 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 come. If you raise your hand, come. You need to make a decision to be baptized. If you've already made it, you want to confirm it, come. Raise your hand. You need to make a decision to be baptized. Staying in a condition of indecision is dangerous. The longer you put it off, the worse it becomes. The person who raised the hand back here, come. Who else? If you're in the balcony, come down. Come right to the front. Whoever raised the hand in the back, come right down. Someone raised the hand in the back. I want that person to come. A decision to be baptized. If you've already made it, you want to confirm it. You put your hand up. Let us see it. Let God see it. Make these serious decisions for Jesus Christ. Who will? Come. God bless you, sister. God bless you. God bless you. And I say that from my heart. God bless you. Come right here. I need to be baptized. I need to make that decision today. If I've already made it, I need to confirm it. To let God know I am serious. Let the devil know I'm serious. Who else will come? Put your hand up and come. I need to be baptized as Jesus was because that's what Jesus wants and I do it because that's what Christ wants. Someone else, I need to be baptized, make that decision and come. Raise that hand and come down to the front. Let us all see you. God bless you, my dear sister. Come right here. God bless you. God bless you. I need to be baptized while I still have life and I still have the opportunity. Raise your hand. Come. And after one, we'll finish in five minutes. Let me add to that call. There are people here who need to make decisions to learn more about the truth as it is in Jesus. I need to know more. You raise your hand. Come. Just step forward. Come. Come. I need to know more. Come. I need some Bible study. Come. Those of you who need to know more, you come to this side. Come to this side. I want the baptismal separate. Come to this side. I need to know more about the truth of God. Particularly if I need to make a decision to join the church or be baptized. Come stand right here. I need to know more about God's truth. It is the truth that sets us free. It is the truth that cleanses. The truth that saves. The truth that heals. The truth that preserves. I need to know more about Jesus. I need to be baptized. Raise your hand. Come stand right here. Final appeal and final is final. I really want to serve Jesus Christ. But I'm in a difficult situation and I need special prayer. Raise your right hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I come for the last time in this service. I pray from my heart, dear God. Bless those who answer the appeal. Bless those whose hands are raised saying we want to do what's right in the sight of God, but we are in difficult circumstances. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus to go to the aid and make those circumstances manageable 
and bearable and place upon their hearts the urgency and the importance of making a decision despite the circumstances. Lord, hear this humble prayer. Let us all leave this church delivered, cleansed, healed, I pray, by the power of that strong man, Jesus Christ. I offer this prayer from my heart. In Jesus' name and for his sake, let all God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Let's sing the close. 286. 286. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. 286.